Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Modern Accountant Podcast. I'm always excited to have guests on the show, and today is certainly no exception. This time, we're going to be joined by a friend of the podcast, Aaron Andrews. Besides being a longtime client of TechGuru, Aaron has been a trailblazer of sorts in the accounting space. Since she began running the show at her own accounting firm, she has fully transitioned her staff to work exclusively from home, moved her family to Florida, doubled her revenue, defined her ideal client, started a niche, started a podcast, and she's a full-time mother. And that's just scratching the surface on everything that Erin has in the hopper. She's an inspiration and someone I am fortunate to call a friend, and I know that you're going to enjoy this episode. So without further ado, let's get into it. are you today? I am dandy. How are you, Joe? <laughs> I am just excellent. As yeah. I was recording the intro, I have to say, I, I, am, I know every time you get the two of us together, there's never a mm-hmm. shortage of anything to talk about, right? Nope. So for the listeners, though, who may not know you quite like I do, where are you joining me from? Currently, I live in Vero <laughs> Beach, Florida. So I live in a magical area that people come to vacation to. And uh, yeah, so that's where I am. Fantastic. Office. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. sitting out there in Plymouth anymore? Plymouth, Massachusetts? No. no, we moved three over three years ago now, which is yeah. crazy because it went by really fast. Indeed. It did. And how are things Indeed. over at the Owner and Operations podcast? <laughs> um, <laughs> we've taken kind of a hiatus. We're trying to get back <laughs> into it's not going. But um, now that I have, we updated our office here. And now that I did that, I'm I'm right behind me, which people can't see, is going to be like our podcast studio. I'll, I have a mixer and all that fun stuff. So we'll be bringing it back. It's more just going to be for fun. I mean, that's why it was always for fun. What's cool is people still listen to it. I actually am interviewing or talking to a CPA in a little bit who listened to it and reached out for a job. So exciting. Pretty exciting. Yeah. That's why I we just, do this. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> we hope yes, people listen. And we, yes. And we all know I love to talk. So any excuse to talk, I'm all about it. Yeah. How many episodes you got in the can now? I think it was like 25. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of disruption earlier this year in our firm. Unexpected, but it all ended up being really bad at the time, but very good in the long run. So we had to shift priorities for a lot of things. And so my time was very stretched in other areas of the business. So now hopefully I can start doing this more often again. And mm-hmm. speaking of st- stretching time, you got the kids going mm-hmm. back to school. We're just after Labor Day uh, now. So I imagine. Uh, in Florida, back. they go back to school. The public school's back August 10th, which is my daughter's birthday, but they just started a new private school this year. So they started the 22nd. But I did have parent orientation last night at my son's middle school and he's in sixth grade and it was super fun. I thought I was dreading it because it was an hour and a half, but you have to go to their classes, right? So it's seven minutes in their class and then three minutes in between to get to each class. And it was like a challenge. 
because I didn't know where any of the classes were. So I like made it a game. And then I even offered to try to race some guy to the gym and he just really wasn't very amused. It's not really, it's kind of an uppity school, but it was, I had fun. Jake thought I was a nut, obviously. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Mine's <laughs> been in school now for about a month actually. So yeah. similar start time here in yeah. Uh, yeah. Tennessee. It's great. Good. Yeah. yeah. That's where they should be. Get out of my face. So, and, and as mentioned at the top, I know that there's no shortage of things to talk about, but the main topic and that I wanted to get out there with you here today and have you on the show to talk about is niching, right? This is a, a topic that I know you're passionate about, and I'm also passionate and very familiar with because of what we did over the last mm-hmm. uh, seven or eight years or so. But I thought it'd be really great to, to get some time with you here to discuss what that looks like in the modern accounting firm, right? So Mm -hmm. the big deal for a lot of people is there's, I keep hearing that they're concerned they're going to be losing business by niching, taking, yeah, maybe get bored with it, have issues with training and onboarding staff or attracting Mm -hmm. talent. There's, it, it seems to me that I hear nothing but excuses as to why not to niche. So hopefully we can try to encourage some people to to take that leap, if you will, mm-hmm. and eventually get as uh, as far down the, the rabbit hole as we at TechGuru have, where we don't even have any legacy non-accounting you know, clients anymore, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the question I want to start off with is, what is your industry? Just maybe define that for the audience. I know what your industry that you've you know, set mm-hmm. as a focus point, but what is yep. the target so, market? Broadly, it's contractors in the trade, which, which obviously isn't, I guess, technically a niche. It is a niche. If you like, look at the technical aspect definition of a niche, but we primarily focus on roofers. So we do have like electricians, plumbers, GCs, like a lot of GCs, but we've really been pushing roofers probably because of where we are physically. I'm in Florida, but, and yeah, mm-hmm. roofers. A lot of people need new like, roofs. <laughs> yes, they do. They do. They do. And they are very profitable and doing very well. And I don't know. It's a good industry for us. I really like it. Yeah. And what type of services does your firm provide? So we do the typical, I guess you call it compliance work. So monthly bookkeeping or write-up, it used to be used to be called. I think that's an old term, outdated term. Tax projections, planning, tax return prep, obviously, payroll, and all the back workers' comp liability audits, and then advise, higher-level advisory services. And then we do reporting tools through Fathom and industry benchmarking. So because they're in a niche, we're able to pull numbers to give them like data specific to their industry, which is really cool. We're also, but we're very hands-on and very proactive and communicative throughout the month and the year. So we have things like 15-minute check-in calls every month with our staff accountants. They're hearing from their reviewer, advisor, manager, however you call it, every month as well, going over a Loom video with their Fathom reports. And then we make sure to sit with them. It depends on the size of their business, but quarterly to twice a year for the higher level stuff, or if they've signed up for advisory package, obviously, whatever that frequency is. But then we're also launching next week, actually, which is September 15th. Um, We're calling them roundtables. I actually forget. Power hour. That's what we're calling them. Power hour. But they're basically, so I've been part of communities for a long time with accounting 
And I met you through a community. Sure. I love it. It's so beneficial for us. And I think that other businesses, especially in the trades where we are, they don't have a community go to or they like, they don't think it's like a good thing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes, that's a good sound effect. That was me. So one of my goals has always been to bring people together in the same industry and give them like resources, each other to lean on. It was so invaluable for us during COVID when we had all this community. Some of my best friends are from the accounting community. And so these roundtables will be right now twice a month where they basically come together and we're either going to bring in guests that uh, specialize in their industry on certain topics. Like the first one is... Um, digital marketing and the roofing and trades. So he's going to come in, but it, it's a conversation. So they can, you know, they bring in questions and it, it's, it's like a discussion. So the guy will talk yeah. about it. People could be, and then the, also they can, which some general ones, but then also an online community and resource center. So they go on, continue the conversation and it, we'll moderate it. We'll bring in the speakers and they can ask other questions and then help each other and hopefully develop relationships with one another because we have clients that are, have just started out making $300,000 or less up to 25 million. So there's a lot of information and knowledge to share. And I want to open that up to our clients. Yeah. So it's a broad service offering. That's not just your mm -hmm. typical, you know, bookkeeping, payroll, tax no. prep, and everything no. else. I don't know like any that. other accounting firms that are doing something like that too. And we are yeah. opening it up to the general public, so to speak, for the first six months to try to beta it and get people in and get the word out. And I want to help people. Yeah. And I think that's great. I mean, the that lends itself towards part of the reasons why we did some of the niching too, is so that we can actually offer more. We can be more invested in the accounting community, right? We can identify new services, new partnerships that we never would have had mm -hmm. otherwise, or at least had the opportunity to create or need to create Otherwise, mm -hmm. we'd have been just an IT provider just sitting here doing the yeah. doing the mm -hmm. thing for everybody. But we wanted more and we wanted to grow the business and really try to carve out the why do you do business with Tech Guru? And it sounds like you're that's the same thing here is why do you do business with level accounting firm? Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Even during a sales conversation, it's a much easier when you can speak their lingo or at least understand their pain points because I can't speak the lingo of an e-commerce client. I can't do it and I don't want yeah. to do it. Or like someone mentioned that restaurants have 13 month periods. I had no idea about that. But if you talk about job costing, yeah, I can talk about it or your margins and things like that. It makes it a lot easier to relate to the, the client, the prospect that you're speaking with. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Why did you choose the that particular industry? Was Is there a personal connection to that space at all? Or did you do some market research or how'd you settle on that space? There's a, a few aspects of it. The first is where we were originally when we were brick and mortar in Massachusetts. We were in the on the Cape, and the Cape it's like basically contractors or restaurants for the most part. So we naturally had a lot of builders, GCs, all sorts of trades. And I always like talking to them. The other thing is I'm a very informal person myself. So the culture, and so are my parents actually too. They're they started the firm 40 years ago, plus. So. We, I always related really well to them. You get me in front of an attorney or a doctor, that doesn't work out. And so I think the culture of our firm has built that way. So it's another aspect. But then we also went through an exercise about three years ago when we were trying to identify our, like our ideal client and a niche. We've always had an ideal client profile for the past like 
seven years, I would say, but we really dialed it in. And what we did was, I think four or five of us made a list of our top five favorite clients. And then we made a list of why their attributes and what made them our top five. And they were all contractors. So that was like, ding, ding. And so that's primarily where it came from. Yeah, do business so, with who you want to do business with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's if you like Google how to pick a niche, there's like pillars you can do. Alex Hormozy has them, all sorts. Obviously, they need to be able to pay you and all this stuff, but and they can. There's exercises you can go through if you don't, if you're struggling to pick a niche. Yeah, we mm-hmm. did it by doing that, right? Figuring mm-hmm. out what our staff like to work with and support, but also by having a client advisory board. So we had a number of clients that were working with us to help essentially, not necessarily restructure our business, but help guide us along on our next path and yeah. highlight the things that we do well. Because it's hard to, there's things that you think you do well, Right. But then there's Uh things that your client actually is like, no, you actually do this well. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, maybe Mm -hmm. you should do less of this. Right. Didn't know that was the case, but uh, glad you're telling me now. Thanks for paying the bill. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) But now, do you still bring on other clients outside of that space? I guess the short answer is no, but that's, we, okay. So back in February, I met with, so I'm part of PAS, but if anybody is listening to this, you don't know about it, you have to join it. You can call me about it, whatever. I'll talk to you about it. I'll make you join. Anyways, I was part of the group and one of the older members who I very much respected was really concerned about us really focusing on a niche because he was worried about the resale value and all that stuff. So we considered, at that time I was like, okay, if the ideal client profile comes along that fits everything but is not in our niche, then we should take them. My sister about had a conniption fit, which is fine. And then So I was like, okay, we're open to it. But since then, we haven't gotten any leads that are outside of the niche. So it it just happened naturally, I think. It was just like, okay, well, it's okay. It's okay. We don't want to. And plus, if you go to our website now and you're in another niche, I don't know why you'd want to meet with us because it just says construction all (laughs) over it. So Yeah, we've targeted our marketing as well towards the accounting (laughs) space. Rarely do we get anything that comes into us that's not. And they very quickly identify that, you know, probably not a good fit, right? Yeah, they still select. Exactly. With regards to staffing is always an interesting concern too. And something that I don't think you identify an issue with this right away when you start to figure out your niche, but the longer you've been in that space, Mm-hmm. The more valuable, at least we find, that the staff that you bring on has either maybe not necessarily some type of experience in that in that niche, but can at least understand and pick up the language a little bit easier. Have you noticed any issues with staffing at all yet? Picking up any of no, these things? Or? Really hard to find staff right now and team members. We've hired, fortunately, I found some amazing ones. I've hired one employee per month over the past five months. So they know we're focused in the industry, but it's not a deal breaker for them to come on. I would obviously I would love it if someone had experience. I just actually hired an assistant who was an assistant at a a roofing company. So that really helps, obviously, and especially for a small business. But we're training, we have a training plan that we've put in place, one of our ATMs has put in place for introducing construction accounting, so that we learn like just the basic lingo, the terminology, and 
again, I think it's a lot easier to come in and learn one industry than 10. And honestly, construction accounting isn't that difficult. <laughs> it's just a different way of learning things. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> well, I don't do the accounting anymore, okay? <laughs> I, I just know the, what do you call it? The pop word? What do you call it? The buzzwords? The buzzwords, the yes. Word. I do know yeah. them. I look them up and I understand what they catch mean. Catchphrases. You know, catch, yeah, yeah. So I can relate to the guys. But the staff like it, actually. I will say one challenge that didn't really foresee but I kind of knew about because we've had contractors for a while is it depends on what industry you're in, obviously, right? I said, I, I can't really relate to doctors or engineers or attorneys because I'm just not formal. But attorney, contractors I relate with, we're very, I'm very direct. I'm very casual. I swear during all of our meeting, it's fine. Like they like it. They say they, they're more comfortable. But some of my staff, they're obviously used to me. I don't know if anybody has a DISC profile, but communication styles among especially owners of these construction companies, they're very direct. They're very to the point. One of our clients shoots one of my staff an email and it's literally like three sentences and it sounds like they're mad. <laughs> I'm like, no. So I have to explain it because my staff communicates differently. I said, listen, he's probably sitting in his truck. He's just trying to get through some stuff. He's just banging on an email. Texting while driving. texting, <laughs> yes. And he's just trying to. So that was something I said, when these guys, if they seem short to you, they're probably just trying to get through things. And that's just how they communicate. Once you get them on their phone, they're probably a delight. So you just, that is something you have to be aware of team. So they're my, they're not soft and like sensitive and sending long thought out emails. That was something I was like, just how do you communicate with me? That's how you have to think I communicate with those guys. So right on. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds like it could be a good topic for another episode to something we've talked about a little bit uh, previously off the air, right? Is oh, yeah. you're just kind of working with the, the younger generation or working with, mm -hmm. you know, how do you train staff to, to communicate, especially over phone and stuff like that, utilize some yes. of those soft skills and tools that maybe aren't yes. taught all the time, right? Yes. I knew we were gonna, we weren't gonna have time really to get to everything that uh, that we could probably catch up on, right? But I do want to touch on a couple of technologies that your firm uses that might be different or against the grain, if you will, from some of the some other accounting firms that are out there, particularly old school ones. And if there's anything that we can try to focus on that either helped you on either your path to niching or just how you communicate with your clients that are your clients are short, your clients are direct, as you mentioned you know, before, which means to me, they're not going to be having a whole lot of time for printing paper, redoing invoices the, the old fashioned way, mm -hmm. logging into anything, much mm -hmm. less you know, a portal uh, or mm -hmm. anything that you ask them to do. Mm -hmm. And I have a decent idea of some of the technologies that you're using, of course, being that we're your, your IT provider, we at least had a hand <laughs> in implementing some of them. But mm -hmm. so what type of collaboration tools are you using first off? So uh, for internal staff communication, I mentioned a couple um, of earlier. Okay. So internal, we use Teams, which yeah. is, it's almost too distracting, to be honest. Like we have different channels for different purposes. I just actually had to X out because I kept getting messages and obviously Outlook. And then we do Zoom because because we are primarily remote. Instead, I we have Nextiva, like the soft phone. I don't even log into mine. So if somebody needs help, they Teams me and I'm like, hop on Zoom. So it's almost like I'm going to pop into your office 
um, that's how our Zoom is. So we don't really deal with things over the phone. It's all by Zoom. And then we have things like Asana for special projects. And I guess that's like our main collaboration. I try to keep things as simple as possible. We do have a HubSpot for our CRM and marketing and sales, but all of our clients are in there too. It's not just marketing and sales. So we manage all of our clients out of there and we upload all of our Zoom record, client Zoom recordings in there. So if somebody misses a meeting, they can watch it. If we do a kickoff or go live presentation, it's there. They can watch it. Sales meetings. You upload that into where again? HubSpot. Yeah. So we get the recording. I usually, I've started integrating the fathom.video too, so that we have the transcripts as well. And so HubSpot, we save it in the client and the company for the, either the deal or the client's company. Because when we do client kickoffs, one of the main onboarding specialists can't be on. She just goes and watches the client kickoff meeting. So any client meeting gets recorded and gets saved to HubSpot as well as any notes. So I think that is a collaboration tool because then we can just go back and look. We also track emails in there so I can pick up where someone left off if I need to. Awesome. Awesome. And you've been, you mentioned you've been a fully remote firm. How long has it been now that you've been fully remote? Uh, So when COVID hit, we, we were already hybrid when COVID hit, which was really cool. So when it hit, we just were able to just go fully remote. So that was in what, March of 2020. Wow. Uh, and then Jake and I moved to Florida in August of 2020. And I actually, we do have an office in Florida and we do still have an office in Massachusetts, which we're trying to sell. If anybody's interested for an awesome office building in Plymouth, that's a really great location. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but well, it is a really great uh, location. Don't, it, it's it not is kidding. A great location. <laughs> oh yeah, it is a great location. I'm just dying to sell it. But our Florida office, so my assistant actually is local. So we're just gonna, probably going to be more hybrid. We're going to go that route because I just like people and I like to be around them. No, you... You mentioned that you put the all like the client recordings and everything for videos mm-hmm. into HubSpot. Do your clients mm-hmm. also have access to HubSpot or is there, mm-hmm. how do your clients co- then collaborate with, with So you? we tried portals forever. Um, you know, Lysio, what, what do we start off? Practice tools, I think was one of the first ones. Then it was the practice one, or I'm sorry, the Thompson one whatever that was, I forget what it was, like the old school one, Lysio, OnVio, and I just could not stand them. I swear we were just spending more time resetting people's passwords and trying to like troubleshoot that. And back in 2021, we decided to go to SafeSend, where it's just file sharing. And we have one, our admin, she manages the files. So when they come in, she's the one that makes sure they get saved out and she shares it. She saves it in SharePoint and then she shares it with whatever applicable staff it goes to. That has worked out beautifully. Okay. I, yeah, I will say. Especially because your clients are on the go and everything. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. But um, people still two years later are asking how to get into our portal. But we we have our our time spent troubleshooting, that kind of stuff. It's, it's non-existent. And also I think, to be honest, you set the expectation of being a file storage site for your clients. So when you have a portal, so I did not like that at all. I didn't like that responsibility. So now it's like either you save it or you don't. And it's shorter for us to go re-upload a tax return than it is for us to maintain their file storage. So I love it. I will never go. I should say I'll never go back to portals. But you never say never. But right now... I'm happy with our solutions. So. Would you say that ownership 
of the file structure and things like that kind of shifts more to the client and that onus and everything is more on them because you've got the, you have to put a copy of it up there. Right. But it's up to them to save it in their own save it, yeah. know, file structure mm-hmm. and do that. Yeah. Do what and they, they need get, with it. And safe sounds good. Cause they, they get many notifications saying this file is expiring in a week. This file is expiring in a day. If they don't save it, they don't save it, but yeah, it's easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I've been familiar uh, at least a little bit with the SafeSend uh, product, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, and it and it is really great. But it is some, kind of a niche tool. It depends on what you're trying to accomplish with your clients, and I think it makes mm-hmm. sense. And that's a good product to to highlight as a as a beneficial product if you are in a niche like yours that, like I said. Requires well, a lot of people on the go yeah. and things like that. They're not sitting at a desk. Their passwords yeah, to no. their password management uh, tool mm-hmm. or save it into mm-hmm. an Excel file or yeah. anything like that. Uh, well, also, don't do that, we're... please. <laughs> but... No, no, no. Don't do that. Uh, well, I think that the world of accounting practice management programs is it's hard, I think, to pick one that solves your needs, too. So I didn't want to get pigeonholed into another accounting practice management tool that we eventually wouldn't like, too, So or it just wouldn't solve the problem. So that was another issue. And I really want to make HubSpot our main what do you call it? Like hub? Look at that. So that I wanted everything to integrate it with it. And so that's worked out. SafeSend doesn't integrate because we don't, it only does Outlook. But I didn't want another accounting practice management program right now because I feel like they're in their infancy because they were, I don't know. You probably could answer this a lot better than me, but there's a lot of options out there and none of them are perfect. The development curve is steep is usually how I put it. There's a lot there of products out there uh, mm-hmm. that do a lot of really great things. Mm-hmm. And but they're not always for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not yeah. all at the same development level, uh, even. Mm-hmm. Right? We chose mm-hmm. a partnership with with Canopy because we like the cut of their yeah. jib, right? We like the yeah. the way that mm-hmm. they they fit into majority of the firms that we work with, uh, mm-hmm. that we work with, right? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean that any of the other products that are out there are bad by us yeah. you know, hitching a wagon to to them, but just means that's the seems to be the right one for the majority of the folks that we that we work with. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome. And let's see. Got a little just got a little ahead of myself there too. And you still have a, a remote terminal server, right? So you've got some applications uh, that, that you <laughs> Yes. You, you look at me like I don't even use it anymore, man. You you, you I don't yes <laughs> well, we do. That too. Yeah. Yeah. So you still have some of the local applications. So that's how you're cloud-based, right? You're hosting your Yeah, I mean, the only thing on it is basically UltraTax, and we still use practice to whatever. We still use practice. That's I mean, we, And then QuickBooks is on Ray Networks for the most part. So I honestly want everybody off, off desktop in the next year because I can't stand dealing with it. I love, yeah. I actually love desktop, but that's a whole other topic, uh, but and QuickBooks just was it this last year? They removed some barriers, or I guess created some additional features. I believe for the gen- for general contractors for QBO and everything too. Or am I thinking they of a did. different they, industry? There's a, there's a pro. You can it's the highest tier account you can get. They did. They upgraded their job costing and job costing reports, and and every app on the you know if there's a proprietary app for an industry integrates with QBO for the most part. And everybody does it, even though it doesn't have to do it. Like it, it honestly, they just get it like, oh, it integrates with QBO. And then they just do it. And you're like, why did you do this? You just tripled your revenue. You triple reported your revenue or something like that. And I actually, to be honest, I 
it's better off if they use a proprietary, like a job tread, builder trend, invoice to go that's in their industry to manage their business out of that and not use QuickBooks online because it's still not as QuickBooks desktop is better for that still, but I prefer them using an industry specific program rather than QuickBooks for that stuff. We use QuickBooks sure. for their books, but they use their stuff to manage their companies. Very good. But, Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's about all the time we have for going through this topic, at least with with niching and everything. And I think this will be a good opportunity for me to announce that I'm really happy, at least to announce that you'll be joining me in some sort of recurring cadence yet to be so- determined, right? Mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. What, what, what's that, Aaron? I was going to say you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I like saying that. <laughs> no, I'm excited. I love talking. And so I forced my way into this. So it's great. It's, I did. Yeah, I was voluntold to put you on the podcast. It's, you're welcome. It's, it's fine. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. It's, it's going to be great. It's all good. So you're going to be my regular guest host is kind of what I'm mm-hmm. sticking to here. So we'll go. be featuring you on as many of the, of the podcasts as I'm sure that we can get you on as long mm-hmm. as schedules align and, and things like that. So that'd be great. And and I think it's also going to be extremely important to have you on too, because it'll help us represent the show and represent our clients better. Having somebody that can speak the technology and and also you as well can speak the technology pretty well, Mm -hmm. but also know the accounting terms and some of the different questions to ask. Uh, Mm -hmm. will help us to bridge that gap, right? Or present Mm -hmm. a a bit more of a unified front to our audience. So super excited uh, to have you on. And I mentioned at the top of the show also that you have your own podcast titled The Owners and Operations Podcast. Where can people go Mm -hmm. to find out about it and join your group? We do have a Facebook group. I haven't been super active, but again, we're getting back there. Owners and operations. If you go to the podcast, like wherever you get your podcast, it's owners and operations, accountants. And then our group is owners and operations, I think to accountants as well. You can just follow me. I have two Facebook profiles. So one is my alter ego. No, I'm just kidding. But one is my... <laughs> One of my more accounting ones. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a whole other topic. But one is where we market towards our contractors and one is like I've turned my personal where I have all my accounting friends. I love helping accountants. I love talking to accountants. So I'm really excited to be part of this and hopefully help others in the industry any way I can. And again, I love to talk. So this is great. So we get to talk to some fun people. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Or what we do have a website uh, for owners and operations, but and I'll have things linked. I'll have all these different profiles and everything linked inside of the show notes too. So if you're listening and want to find out more about either Aaron or the Owners and Operations podcast, or I'll even link PASBA in there too, because we're we're sponsors of, of the PASBA group that you plugged earlier mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so check out the show notes for more details. And thank you again to all of our listeners and hopefully new listeners coming over from the Owners and Operations podcast. Remember to visit techguruit.com slash podcasts with an S and submit any questions from today's episode, our last episode with Brandon Bruce from Uncat, or make a recommendation for a show topic or guest that you want to hear from. You can also send an email to podcast at techguruit.com if that's a little easier for you. I promise that we read all of your emails and we'll begin answering them on the air in future recordings. 
Until next time, from Aaron and I, goodbye.